It's Wednesday, July 8th. I'm Stephen Fee, and this is The Pen Pod, a limited-run podcast from Pen America. On today's edition, how young adult fiction reflects what's happening with kids right now, we have a conversation with author Ed Lynn. Then, a reading list, author Peter Stamm shares how literature and meaning intersect. I'm Stephen Fee, all that coming up on The Pen Pod. Trained as a journalist, Ed Lin is the author of several award-winning books and is coming out this fall with a new novel with a mouthful title, David Tung Can't Have a Girlfriend Until He Gets Into an Ivy League College. It's a young adult book about an Asian-American New Jersey high schooler who, along with all the pressures that entails, fears he will die alone. Ed Lin joins me now. Hi, Ed. Hi. Uh, Thanks for being here. Oh, it's an honor and a pleasure. No, no worries. So um, how much is David Tung's story Ed Lin's story? Uh, it is, <laughs> it is sort of my story, but it's through, uh, through, through a wider, uh, prism. Uh, you know, I, I would imagine that there are, you know, not all Asian Americans are in the situation that David Tung is in, in which he's living in a, uh, rather upscale part of New Jersey, goes mm-hmm. to a majority Asian high school uh, where it's really cutthroat. Uh, he's got uh, almost a perfect SAT score, and yet he's only ranked eighth in his class. Uh, it's a very ambitious kind of uh, group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I grew up was that uh, I was pretty much the only Asian kid in the school, but I was still faced the sort of the same pressure, you know, um, from the parents. And that, that was to, to overachieve. It's like, you know, why else did we come to this country unless, you know, for, for you to, to, to fail, you know, we, we need you to succeed. And uh, like, you know, this is part of our sacrifice that uh, you're obligated to fulfill as our, uh, <laughs> as our uh, child. Right. So um, I'm pretty sure that uh, a number of people would agree with me in that uh, trying to get focusing on the grades rather than the learning, focusing on the test score rather than the innate knowledge that it supposedly tests is almost kind of an anti-learning thing. You're, you're adapting your brain to, to quickly be able to process information and then kind of like spit it out. Uh, but in, in that same operation, you are losing yourself. You, you, you've lost your sense of what you your your own preferences, what you want to do with your life. Um, I was very fortunate. Uh, I got into Columbia University, and uh, I, I just remember being knocked out just uh, because there were so many Asians in the class. I think it was 20, 22% Asian. Um, and, you know, first time that was a situation for me. Uh, and uh, because I like to think long-term, I, I remember I, I sort of met this uh, young Asian woman. And I thought, wow, if I don't talk to her, I'm going to look back at this moment decades from now and say, why didn't you talk to her? So I went up to talk to her, you know, just uh, exchanging the usual information. What are you majoring in? What are you going to do when you get out? And uh, I I remember I asked her, what what are you going to do? And she said, I'm going to be an investment banker. And Hmm. I said, oh, uh, why do you want to be an investment banker? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> I just, 
I, I felt like an icicle through my heart, you know, like, how can you not know what you want to do with your life? You know, uh, I, I, I feel like it's almost like that was like the next step that had been predetermined. Uh, you know, in an Asian household, you're you're not going to be sitting at the kitchen table with your parents like, oh, let's let's talk about what sort of things you want to do. You know, how do you really feel about the world, and where where do you see yourself? Going? It's going to be like you're going here, you're going to be doing this, you're going to be making this much money. Uh, in this particular segment of Asian Americans, um, and, and David is a lot smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> pretty much every kind of way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was kind of a punk rock kid, you know. Um, <laughs> very rebellious, very speaking back, and he, for the most part, will will knuckle under uh, to yeah. you know his parents' wishes uh, until he unexpectedly uh, is in the situation where this girl asks him to go to a dance and that kind of like shatters his worldview. He mm-hmm. kind of cracks him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, you, you said it yourself. The book is about universal things that kids go through it and love, especially, I just cannot imagine being a high schooler right now or, or, you know, even the college age student being trapped at home, you know, being lovelorn, you know, how do, how do you think like these kids who are like shut in right now are going to read this book? Um, I think it'll hearken to uh, a more <laughs> less restrictive sort of time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely before. I mean, I didn't grow up in this generation. Uh, right. I mean, being online so much, you're already kind of in the sack in, in this world. Like it's your your online uh, personality matters so much. Um, I have a kid, you know, he just finished yeah. first grade and, uh, the, the zoom classes were insane. I mean, I we've got these seven, six year olds all talking at the same time. I'm like, wow, I, I can't even process this. I can't imagine how he's doing this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just hope that, anybody reading this can sort of see this aspirational kind of world to be back in this sort of wanting to be in love. You know, it's like a romantic thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, just more broadly speaking, you know, we're, 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 this is such a, such a, critical time, right? I mean, there's so much happening in the country, obviously, with anti black violence, COVID-19. What is the role of writers right now? Like, what do you think writers can be doing now or should be doing or are doing? Um, you know, especially with like an election coming up and things feeling really on on edge? Or do you find that, for your point of view, the writerly profession should be a little bit removed from some of the things that are happening around us? I mean, the whole act of writing is a bit contemplative. It's not like this knee jerk sort of thing but i i feel like as writers we we need to to read as much as possible to to maybe process faster um to write really meaningful posts on on your social media um uh i'm sure that we are going to see a lot of really great work uh coming out of this time Mm -hmm. um i mean the whole act of being forced to stay at home is is like really going to help with the people who procrastinate though eventually they'll binge something and be like, ah, all right now. 
<laughs> yeah. I'll process yeah. this out and everything. Uh, I used to be the co-host of, uh, of this open mic uh, event. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to see like more uh, open mics online. I think that's great. You know, yeah. Um, just the whole act of, of being able to say, you know, what you've got on your mind and listening to someone else. Uh, that's, that's something that we've, we've really got to do. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and lastly, if I may, what are you reading right now? Right now, I am reading two different books because I can never read just one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm reading this book called The Book of Swindles, uh, which is a translation of a late Ming Dynasty collection of, uh, well, swindles and scams in uh, China. And uh, the really interesting thing about uh, Chinese culture, uh, you know, this may hold true now. But if you if you are scammed, you know, it's not like the the community like says, oh, poor you. Let's take a collection and everything. They just mock you. They like make fun of you for being foolish. And in some of these stories, like the local villagers uh, mock these people who were swindled uh, until they developed tumors and died. So (laughs) it's it's uh, humorous in a way. I guess um, in its own way, <laughs> in its own way. And I'm also reading Dahlgren by uh, mm. Sam Delaney, uh, which is really eerie to read right now because it's sort of this post-apocalyptic sort of world where the Midwest is kind of cut off from the rest of the country by some traumatic event that is still uh, not explained well, at least not yet. Um, and, and it's a very sensory kind of world. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It's something to dive into, surely, right now. Well, yeah. um, Ed Lynn is the author of the forthcoming book, David Tung Can't Have a Girlfriend Until He Gets Into an Ivy League College. Tells you what you need to know. Thanks so much, Ed. Oh, thank you so much, Stephen. Literature can satisfy many needs. Novelist Peter Stamm poses some big existential questions in this week's World Voices Festival reading list. He writes that as a non-believer, he's always struggled with questions of meaning and meaninglessness, and he's found at least some understanding through literature. His reading list includes Kobo Abe's The Woman in the Dunes and T. Singer from Dag Solstadt, among others. You can read that list on our website, pen.org. And that's our episode for Wednesday, July 8th. Join us tomorrow for the Pen Pod for an interview with two-time U.S. Poet Laureate Natasha Trethaway. You can listen to all our episodes at pen.org. Follow us at Pen America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sign up on our website for our daily D.A.R.E. newsletter. That's where we track major stories about literature, free expression, and the news of the world. I'm Stephen Fee for Pen America. This is the Pen Pod. See you tomorrow.